women, passion, success. Welcome to the all-new Francisca Show podcast on the Jewish Coffeehouse Network. Who am I? I'm Francisca, singer, composer, music producer, and now success coach for podcasters. I took a podcast, grew an audience, and monetized it. With over 60 original songs, 20 music videos, and over 100 podcast episodes, I present to you K Productions LLC, a white glove podcast production agency that helps entrepreneurs just like you create great content, attract their ideal clients, and make more money by using the power of podcasts. On this show, you'll be hearing from successful female entrepreneurs about their journey. Go ahead and subscribe, grab a cup of coffee, and enjoy this episode. Welcome to the new and relaunched Francisca Show podcast. Today, our guest on this new season, we have Nicole Manzer here with us. She is a master stylist at Manzer Hair Studio in Toronto, Canada. And she is actually working on her own new big project that we'll hopefully get to on this podcast. And start out by what you do and how you got started. We're going to go into the nitty gritty of being an entrepreneur today, of the business back end of things. So you probably started out because you loved hair and you love talking to people and you know making them look beautiful. But then the business side kicks in and you have to put on this new hat and embrace a whole new identity. So this is what we're about. Welcome to the show, Nicole. The floor is yours. Thank you. Hi. I got into this because I love hair. Um, And I always have like my my Barbies had no hair. My sisters had like really bad bowl cuts when we were kids. And I just, I don't know, there's something about it. Like I love just making people feel beautiful. Never wanted to own a hair salon. It wasn't until I was about 27, 28, where my employer at the time, I tried to go away on vacation and she basically told me no, even though I was on commission and it was really frustrating. And I kind of said, F this and off I went and I just kind of dug my heels in and and found a space and opened up a salon. So I feel like I fell into it, but the business side was very, very hard to get into to wrap my head around and it's it's you know I think the passion of having the salon and having your name on the door is incredible and then at the end of the day you're always learning something new you're always learning gosh about uh, taxes I never thought I'd have to you know I was I thought that I wasn't going to be accountable to anybody and I feel like I'm more accountable now to my clients and the government than I was when I was uh, freelance Take us back to the freelance part of your life. What is the 10-year-old Nicole like? And what are your aspirations for your life? What do you see yourself doing? Oh, gosh. So at 10 years old, I wanted to win an Oscar for best hair and makeup. I wanted to travel the world on a cruise ship doing hair. Um, And I just... I just wanted to be free. Like I just wanted to be free to create. I had that passion and that inspiration. And I, I knew the talent was there and I knew that I, I could be whatever I wanted to be at that age. What happens after school? What are the first steps you take? I know you're all about education and continuing your education. So step us through that. Okay. So 
even though I'm all about education, I don't think the typical high school and elementary school was for me. You know, I just passed by, I procrastinated, but having being a hairdresser as my passion and going through that really, I started working at the age of 15 as an assistant in a hair salon. I got paid $30 for eight hours of grunt work, but I loved it. And the money wasn't the driving factor. Uh, I got to learn (laughs) to do shampoos. I just had this visual of one of the first times I was doing a shampoo and my boss and uh, coworker was in front of the shampoo station and I let go of the hose. And if you can picture a fire hose just going around and around in circles, um, that's kind of what happened. So I sprayed my boss and the client and their clients. And uh, But you know what? I grew out of that and I grew from their reactions to it, which, you know, wasn't the nicest reaction, but it, it made me be responsible for something. So I worked there for about a year and a half and I just really literally got my feet wet. And, you know, I realized after that, that this is what I wanted, maybe not that environment, but I wanted to be a part of the creation of the the beauty industry. So I found a woman who uh, was offering apprenticeships and I was in my last year of high school and we, we talked about it and she gave me part-time work um, while I finished high school. And then once I was done, we would go into full time and she would train me, which was just music to my ears. So from that point, um, you know, it's funny how the world just kind of, or the universe just kind of plops the right things down in front of you at the perfect time. I got, um, I got approved for government funded universe or college program that I didn't have to pay for, um, that the, that the government paid for. So I went to school for free. I got, and I was being paid at the same time. So it took a bit longer, but five years in total till I was on the floor and licensed in cutting hair. So by the time I was 19, I was on the floor, I was working full time. I was making money. I was just, you know, happy to be in the life And I still have vivid memories of some clients walking into the shop and looking at this little 19 year old, you know, go get her hair hairdresser who um, they almost turned around and walked away because I was so young. And one of those clients to this day, so it's been over 20 years, is still my client and loves to boast about how she almost left me. And that was that would have been the biggest mistake she's ever had. And she said it's the best haircut she's ever had. So it's just been such a rewarding career. A hundred percent. I love listening to it. And I know when I introduced the whole continuing education, I meant it in the non-traditional path because entrepreneurs like me and you, college very often does not give us what we need to be prepared in the world out there. And for many industries, it does do that. But for our industries, it does not. So talk to me about the different parts of a salon that needs to all happen and function in order for a successful business to be? So I talk about that in the way of many different hats. And I wear, gosh, to have a successful salon, you need to have a financial hat, you need to have a marketing hat, you need to have a more recently a social media hat, you need to have a therapist hat, you need to have a leadership hat, you need to have an artist hat, you need to have an organizational hat, you need to have 
a disciplined hat because you're the only one telling you that you have to go to work. You have to be good at computers. You have to be good at construction and visualization of where you want or how you want your salon to be designed. The cleaning crew hat? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that yeah, the cleaning crew hat and unfortunately that's one of the first people that I hired and that's where you can kind of dictate or um give, exactly. But cleaning definitely and and just being on top of uh management. There there's like your your mama bear and you know everything rides on you. So the one of the biggest obstacles that I learned is I cannot control everything. I cannot do anything. I will burn out within the first five years. So I hired an accountant was my first big one because I'm really good with money and I'm really good with numbers. But if I mess that up, then that's it. Like I cannot spend tens of thousands of dollars with the government coming after me for X, Y, Z. So outsource it. I think that's the best thing to do. And then find like a peace of mind type of hire. Exactly, exactly. So it's, it's, you know, sometimes you have to spend the money in order to make the money. And that's probably one of the biggest obstacles to wrap your head around is that, man, I, I feel like I'm just spending tens of thousands of dollars over and over again. But it comes back and it comes back not just in dollar amounts, it comes back in the passion or the people saying, Oh, my God, I love this space. I love the feel of it. Because really, at the end of the day, I'm the feel. If if I'm in a bad mood, if my headspace isn't in the right headspace, everybody around it, clients, staff feel it. And so if I'm so stressed out about something like money, then I need to give that to somebody else to stress about because I can't let that be on me if I want to create the art that I want to create. A hundred percent. So a few quick logistical questions. How many people are on your team right now? Right now, so I'm in Toronto, Canada, and we are still locked down. So after the last lockdown, I had four people, including myself, on payroll. And during lockdown, I've hired two more staff members for when we reopen. So we'll have six in total. Wow. And what has COVID done to your business? Have you not touched uh, hair in over a year? <laughs> COVID has done some amazing things and some horrible things to my industry. We are so much more appreciated because when people actually do get that touch or somebody professional doing their hair, they can see the difference. So if you're doing your hair or your husband's hair, they see now how much work. It's not just a matter of taking the scissors. Um, COVID has trampled my industry. So actually today was a year ago today on um, March 17th, our premiere uh issued a state of emergency. So essentially, it's been almost a year since we had to lock down completely. And so within this year, we've been able to only be around for open for five months. That's it. A lot of ingenuity has come out of this where hairdressers are now selling color kits to their clients or doing I've done a couple zoom uh, coaching calls myself to teach my clients how to cut their their relatives hair. Um, I myself moved to selling uh, my all my stuff online and opening up a PPE, which is the masks and shields and stuff like that and selling that online, which has actually been able to keep my doors open and my staff employed during this last lockdown, which has been fantastic. 
and I'm, I'm still waiting to see what the next amazing innovative thing is because life as we know it has changed. It's, we're not going to be seated side by side by side for a very long time with people. So I'm, I'm really curious to see what, what's next with the world. Absolutely. So let's talk about this. I know last time we connected, you discussed this whole aspect of the diva hairdresser or whatever (laughs) the stereotype is. And you brought up the concern about that being false, misleading to the point where the next generation of hairstylists might not want to consider this as their career because it's associated with a negative type of woman. So talk to me a little bit about this issue and what you're doing about it. So what I see and what I've always seen is this like diva platform artist who just thinks that they have it all, which they they could, but it doesn't really appeal to the masses. It's somebody who just has the biggest ego and they don't really... They, they don't, they talk down to people. They don't really come and talk to you face to face and really make you understand. So I've been in, in the room with some of these people and I've watched some Naha winner hairstylists who don't even fold their own foil. They have somebody there holding it for them and coloring it for them, or they'll do what they need to do. And then their little helpers in the back are there fixing it and making it look pretty. So they're they're the ones who are actually doing it from start to finish in the back. And so it just creates this really unrealistic look about what this, this industry is. I really want to just go the complete opposite way of that. Like I, I feel like I'm such a people person and I can really relate to absolutely everybody. And I don't want to be up on stage like looking down and telling people with a stern finger, you need to do this in order to experience. I want to invite people to understand the love and the the passion behind the beauty, because it's the passion that's going to drive us. It's the passion that's going to keep us employed. It's the passion that's going to make us have a really long and career within this industry. And, you know, I think the diva has its time and place and it's great for, television and it's great for those drama roles but that's not what a typical hairdresser is we're not drama we're we're there to listen we're there to talk to people we're there to be one-on-one with our clients not just creating mohawks and chelsea cuts and all this other funky color out there which has its time and place but it's not what your cookie cutter clients are are gonna want and those are your moms and dads really at the end of the day, I just want to, I just want to spread love. That's, that's really what it is. I, I, you know, with no ego, with no, with no hidden agenda, it's just all about the love. Well, marketing is all about, well, at least today being edgy, doing the opposite, the unexpected. And it seems that's what has been hitting it off on Instagram and on social media for hairdressers. And what I'm hearing from you is you're going the complete opposite of it, breaking it down. You know, the hairdresser next door, you come to us for the one-on-one experience, that intimate experience. It's not about that big and fancy or crazy hairdo, right? Exactly. Exactly. I want to talk about that therapy hat. 
I am so fascinated by that therapy hat because I experienced this as a musician and all the other things I've tried in my life where I've gotten that therapy hat experience where I'm wearing the therapy hat, especially with coaching. Talk to me, how does that happen? And maybe what's the most interesting experience you've had? Well, I think there's something really intimate when you're touching somebody. And I think we're a safe place where I don't know your boyfriend or your husband or your girlfriend or your sister or your brother. You can vent and you can tell me whatever you want. And you know that I'm not going to go out and spread the word to somebody else. Chances are I'm going to be forgetting this conversation as soon as you leave the door. So it's, it's a very safe place. And then we're also building a friendship at the same time. So I know intimate details about you, you know, intimate details about me. And it's almost like I'm your best friend that you get to see every six to eight weeks that you can just spill the beans and be a little bit self-centered because it is all about you for your appointment with your hairdresser. You know, you can, you can vent. And I know for, in my circumstance, I, I've taken some courses myself. I've had coaching done myself and I I know I know how to listen and I know how to talk and I trust my intuition. So if my intuition's telling me that you know you know you you really need to go and talk to somebody else about this, I'm happy to say it. I have no filter when it comes to what I'm going to say, I just get the information and then tell you, tell you how it is. And I think sometimes those are the best friendships when, you know, sometimes it's only your best friend that can tell you like, look, you're really dropping the ball on this one. And I think that's what hair, your hairdresser can do if they know you well enough. And if they have that confidence behind you. So I really feel like a lot of my own clientele, trust me, and, and, you know, the 20 year relationship that I've had with a few people they know that whatever they tell me is, you know, to use the phrase in the vault, it is. And I don't hold their information. I just kind of let it go. So it's not a weight on my shoulders at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. And I asked you for a story, but maybe I'll give you some more juice to get that story out of you. (laughs) Changing your hair and your appearance is one of the classic ways people go through dealing or healing with big stuff that happens in life. I know after I had my miscarriage, I went and I fixed my teeth. I'm like, I'm doing this. I went blonde soon after. (laughs) That probably was after my wigs went blonde before my hair went blonde. (laughs) What have you experienced in terms of that? Do you have an interesting story to share? So when I was first starting out as an apprentice, I was always taught that if somebody's coming in and wanting to chop their hair off, you you need to figure out why and what it is. Um, Like we've had, I've had people come in with hair as long as your hair and, you know, past the breast and they want to go into really short bob or a pixie cut. Usually it's, it's a reaction to something like a big breakup or something like that, that is probably one of the harder ones, but a juicy story. I really like that. I really like that because those are some of the things you have to have in your liability (laughs) toolbox. 
Because if they come back the next day or their mother comes back or their <laughs> spouse and says, how did you take advantage of someone in such a vulnerable situation? Right? <laughs> I've never had somebody come back. Thankfully, like I'm going to touch as much wood as I can. But I, I always dig deeper with that, you know, asking, ask the right questions. Like, how long have you been thinking about going this short for? You know, what's, what's the answer there? Is it, oh, I've been, you know, this has been on my mind, or I've been holding this picture around for, you know, the past six months, or is, or is the first thing that came out of my head, well, my, my boyfriend loves my hair, and he was an asshole to me yesterday. So I'm just going to chop it off. Well, okay, that those haircuts, here's what we're going to do. We're going to just give you a really nice cut today. We're going to change the style up a little bit, but let's keep the length. Give it two weeks. If you still want to chop your hair off after two weeks, come back and I'll do it for free. But what? let's just go with this right now. And I will see them again, but I'll see them again when it's time for a haircut, not the two weeks later. And the people who want that drastic change, it's usually a conversation that we've been having over a while. And some of the biggest changes this year that people have been making is actually going gray or going more natural, which is something I've been doing myself, letting my natural highlights show a little bit more, you know, and it's really embracing that silver crown that we have. I just did an episode on Botox and plastic surgery. And then I'm thinking, you know what, maybe I do want to just embrace the gray when it starts happening, but who knows what I'll feel like. Oh, I am going like bleach blonde when I am done. I am these highlights I did myself. And that is probably one of the hardest things to do is do your own hair. Um, But yeah, it's going short and it's going blonde. I do not feel like myself right now. But I've had those transitions um, myself when I've, I feel like I'm in a rut, or I feel like, um, you know, I'm just not myself. I probably in I think it was in October, my hair was actually um, past my collarbone. And I had one of my um, stylists doing like a, a bit of a color on it. And I actually just grabbed the bottom of my hair and cut it up past my shoulder because she didn't want to cut it. And I said, Well, now you have to you have to fix this. Um, and so she did. But it sometimes it takes that extreme. <laughs> now I don't advise clients <laughs> going into salons to do that. But I knew I was ready for that change. And you also have to trust your instinct. Like if something's something's going on in my head going, this person just doesn't, like there's something else there, then I'll dig deeper with that. But not, not every hairstylist is like that too. This actually brings it full circle because this is business. Business is not go and post this and then Y and X or X plus Y equals client and money. These relationships, this experience, this type of education and sensitivity, all of this, this is how you grow your business. These are the tools, the building blocks to an actual successful business. And I think I think I did a great job bringing that out of you. <laughs> so tell me about your latest project that you're working on and what's behind it and what's your mission behind it, because that's really what inspired me to have you on here. So I'm, I'm starting a podcast. It is an educational based podcast for new hairdressers, old hairdressers, um, the general public who just wants to learn about hair. So I'm kind of diving into more of the scientific side of it, 
the the logical side, the theory side of it, because a lot of the, the hair podcasts up out there are just more conversations, you know, interviewing those those big egos or or people who have made a name in certain areas. My background, I've done um, many, many, many courses in the past. I was a uh, educator for uh, Joico Color, so I'd actually go into hair salons and teach salons about hair and the hair color. And now I call myself a brand-free educator because I really don't want to be stuck down to one brand. I know so much about hair color and the science behind it. And, and I just feel like I have so much education that I have up here that needs to just go out into the universe because it, this is exactly what I would have wanted when I was starting my apprenticeship. And it's incredible how now with all the podcasts and, and YouTube and, and stuff like that, that's out now that wasn't available when I was a kid that I wish I had these things. So, and I wish there was somebody like me that really taught me the ins and the outs because when you know all of that information, it's just going to make you a better hairstylist at the end of the day. Wow. And you are talking to the aspiring hairstylist, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ideally, but if, you know, if, if there's somebody out there that just wants to understand hair color or wants to understand how perms actually work, then yeah, feel free. Like you're going to learn something. When I started my podcast, I thought I would be building an audience who wanted to listen to my music. I just thought I was going to reach out to women in general. And then I realized after podcasting for a while, the people listening, and let me know if I'm wrong because you're listening right now, you could just email me, that they are the aspiring artists or actual, you know, living artists and living, doing, pursuing that creative side that doesn't necessarily financially make sense to them. So I think there's going to be that, I think I'm speaking to, you know, someone and then figure out, you know what, maybe those diva (laughs) hairdressers might be clicking in and seeing how they might be doing things or how playing it down or going back to basics can help them. But we're not there to judge. I'm not there to judge. (laughs) At least I think your mission is beautiful. I think it's important to realize the basic need and service that you're providing, which is making people feel beautiful or have a transformation that makes them feel refreshed or just remove some of that self-judgment. And I think this is a perfect segue from our whole Botox and plastic surgery episodes we just did recently, because these are very non-invasive ways to express yourself and to make yourself love yourself a little more. And I love how you're creating a tool to educate and break it down for people and remove that whole Kim Kardashian. (laughs) And I am just throwing out her name because (laughs) I associate her with like what beauty should be like today. I think in media, there's that. Okay, I'm done with all my (laughs) personal ideas and opinions about beauty. I I love what you're doing and I love the mission behind it. So any closing remarks for an aspiring hairdresser? What would be like a no-no? What can you say that, you know, by the time we're done with this podcast, she goes over to yours and says, I have to learn from Nicole now. Never stop learning. You do not know it all and you will not know it all. Learn from as many people as you possibly can. And 
don't stop until you feel like you can teach it. Because until you can teach something, Love you that. don't know it all. <laughs> I learned a lot more about podcasting once I was teaching it. Thank you so much, Nicole, for coming on to this show. This was so much fun. Where can people find you? They can find me at Manzer Hair on Instagram or at Nicole.Manzer on Instagram. And www.manzerhair.com is my website and at Manzer Hair on Facebook or... What about a podcast name? Podcast name, I've been playing with Hair 101. Just very simple. Back to basics. Okay, so <laughs> Hair 101 on the podcast app. Make sure to check it out. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you so much. Friend, thank you so much for listening until the end. And if you enjoyed, please tell a friend, leave a review, and make sure to subscribe so you get a notification the next time an episode is out. Have you been thinking of launching a podcast? Great. Let me help you launch and produce your show and take the headache away. Just click on the link in the show notes and make sure to tune in next time. See ya.